0: Welcome to Food for Thought. Your table is now ready. Your servers will be Nate Geary and Bruce Nolan. Our specials today are cold hard facts and fresh hot takes. Can
1: I get you started with... I'm sorry, just one moment. Can I get a little energy in
0: here? Serving it up. Buffalo Rumble and Vidcast Network. I'm Bruce Nolan. That's Nate Geary, and this is Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite f words. That's right, food and football. You know, the third one is fighting. For me, anyway, I made a comment to my wife earlier this weekend that for the first time in a while. We will be able to have three of my four favorite F's going on in the living room at the same time on Saturday. Fighting, football, and food. The fourth one is Fluffy's because we have a new dog. Get your mind out of the gutter. You know, it's funny. This show is really brought to you by pizza and beer. It is. It's brought to you by pizza and beer. See, the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network is presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza. Ship locally and nationwide at Picasso's Pizza.net. And then this show itself is not brought to you by that. This show itself is brought to you by Genesee Brewing Company. Since 1878, Genesee has poured generations of brewing knowledge in each pint, can, and bottle of their beer. They make no sacrifices when it comes to their beer, brewing each with the highest quality ingredients for a consistently great drinking experience. Look for Genesee Beer, Genesee Light, Cream Ale, and their specialty line with beers like Pineapple Kolsch and Oktoberfest. Genesee Brewery, Rochester, New York. Yes, that's right. Friday nights are brought to you by Pizza and Beer. Here. On food for thought, pizza and beer. Nate, cutting a little the world close. Go around, cutting it a little bit close.
1: uh I would say so. Yeah, you know it's classic. whenever I need to be on here in a hurry, I always have some kind of headphone issue where I'm not getting return feed. So you know what I did? I just yanked the
0: headphones out. Hopefully, I sound okay. You sound all right. It's a little bit distant, but it's it, it's good enough that I can fix it in post processing because that. I am an audio magician. I actually that is true when I started to do this podcast, I think I realized that I missed my calling in life because I should have been an audio engineer because I I, I pull it up and I'm I'm manipulating the little sound waves. And I'm like, this is, this is the way I was meant to live right here. This is what was meant to happen. Nate, we have an unbelievably stacked agenda tonight. We've got to move. We've got mailbags. We've got a ton of stuff. We got all the stuff we got to get into as a reminder. Any super chat greater than $10 gets his Genesee pine glass. Follow at Genesee Brewery on Twitter and DM at Nate Geary sports proof of the super chat and the Genesee follow with your address and he'll get you that. Nate, we got two tickets. If you are listening to this on Friday live, we got two tickets to tomorrow's game. We're going to be giving them away. Yep. Literally, all you got to do is comment in the comment section. That's it. Easy as that, man. Easy Just as comment in the comment section. And we will throw the names and do a randomizer and it will pick a name and that's it. So just make sure you're commenting in the comment section and we will get you a thing, uh, you know, set of tickets. Just say the word tickets. That's all you got to do. Just say the word tickets. That way I know that you're interested and we'll get you an email with those tickets. So Liam already beat me to the biggest loser. Just get out of the way. Biggest loser is Zach Wilson for throwing a bad interception and potentially sustaining a serious injury in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. He's gonna be my biggest loser. So we just go ahead and just spoil yeah, that. We could just right we could that. we
1: could spoil that, but can we can we just acknowledge something that something that was once considered
0: billsy is now kind of considered jetsy? Yeah, jets gonna jets, man. Jets gonna jets. You know, in one of my favorite shows is How I Met Your Mother, and in mm. that show they have a a person called the Blitz and the Blitz is just known as having just horribly bad luck. And the idea being that every time the Blitz leaves the room, something awesome will happen to the people who are in the room and he will get to miss it. That's his jinx. Hmm. And the show's episode is about the Blitz curse being pushed onto someone else. You could actually see the spirit form of the curse leave the Blitz's body and go, Blitz! (laughs) <laughs> like that. And then enter the other person's soul. That's that's the way it is with the bills. What happened was they drafted Josh Allen and that night when the Jets drafted Sam Darnold, it went like that. And it, the spirit just kind of exited the bills and went into the uh, New York Jets. So we're going to start off right now with the hors d'oeuvres for this evening. We're going to get started with foods where the first bite is the best. Why? Because we're about to get our first bite of actual Bill's football. If you're oh, listening to this Friday night, if you're listening to this Saturday morning, first bite of Bill's football. Nate. So before we move on,
1: we had a very generous donation as I walked in here uh, from Jeremy. And I want to ensure that, A, Jeremy sends me some information from him so I can send him not just a glass or two, Put a nice little Genesee Brewing Company gift back, you know, like a like a basket of sorts. So, Jeremy, if you don't follow me on Twitter, please do, uh, and then shoot me a DM with your address and your uh, your shipping information, your your all that good stuff, and I will get a special care package out to you. Can't thank you enough for um, for all the appreciate. I, I very much appreciate it.
0: Okay, so we're gonna move on to foods where the first bite is the best, and for me. The first bite of pizza is the best. Mm. And here's why the triangle shape of pizza makes it fit perfectly in your mouth for the first bite. There isn't a food that is shaped better for the first bite than pizza. It is designed to angle toward your mouth. I don't really think that you can really up with a food, especially if you get a nice little fold, you know, cheesecake, Andy Anderson's is cheesecake as well. Mm. Cheesecake also triangle, right? But you know, you cut it with a fork. So the fact that it's triangle doesn't really matter because you can That's cut right. it into whatever shape you'd like. So I think that for me, pizza is, is the way. Hmm. And whether you fold it, whether you flatten it, I just think it's perfectly designed for shoving in your mouth and the rest of the time you're trying to recreate that perfect first bite because, you know, it always gets weird shapes and you're twisting your mouth and you're trying to fold it and all this stuff like that. But the first bite of a piece of pizza is unquestionably the best bite. Andy says, my wife says tacos. Tacos is a good answer. Tacos is a very, very, very good answer. Karen's with me. Karen is with me in the comment section for pizza all the way in on pizza. Huge, huge fan of that one. Now, Castellan says, what if you're eating square pizza, like a sheet? This pizza?" Valid. Absolutely true. I would argue that you can still fold those pieces. And then when you fold them, you end up with a triangle shape in the corner of one of the pieces. Mm. Eventually, you get to triangle is what a you're saying. Triangle can always be the first bite, I think. So, Nate foods where the first buy is the best so i'm gonna go in a route
1: very different from yours and not because of the shape or the ease of you know it gets harder to eat or less enjoyable to eat as it goes i'm gonna go with an interesting food item here one of my favorite like just snack items which is ginger cookies and I'm going with ginger cookie because the ginger cookies best bite is the first bite. And this is not a a knock on ginger cookies because I eat them even though I don't enjoy the second, third, fourth, fifth cookie that I do the first bite of the first cookie. But I I, I, like they're very good. But there's a level of like I want to be careful of saying spiciness, but there is that inherent ginger spice. Um, that goes along, but that first bite, you don't get any spice flavor. You only get that like true, delicious, caramelly type ginger. And then the rest of it, you get, you actually get like the ginger root, where you don't really get that initial. It's kind of like molasses y almost, like that cinnamony. That first taste is very dessert like. And then the rest of it is almost savory. So I, it's hard to beat the first bite of a ginger, ginger bread, whatever you, whatever kind of ginger cookie you're eating. Um, the first bite is always the best and it kind of just decreases in overall enjoyment after that. So this is coming from someone who eats ginger cookies pretty regularly. They get the little ginger snaps at Trader Joe's with a little bit of the Biscoff cookie. Um, uh, you you know what I'm talking about, Bruce, right? The cookie, um, yes, I do Cookie dip. That's the wrong way of putting it. It's, um. C- cookie spread maybe it's you know yeah. it's i like cookie to dip butter. my ginger cookie yes oh, okay. yes cookie butter yes that's it cruise i i should have known that you would have had that in your back pocket you seem like a cookie butter guy i've actually
0: only had cookie butter one time
1: it's biscoff is my favorite like anything cinnamon cinnamon sugar that's why i like the the ginger cookie so much but i i do have a limit to how many i can eat where like if i had cinnamon if i had like cinnamon sugar graham crackers I could eat them until the box was gone. But with gingerbread, there is a pretty stern limit on how many I'll be able to eat.
0: I like the fact that you went there. I went with shape. You went with like spicy flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. I was, I was nervous that you, you might, after I hit something as out of the park as pizza, that you might be left just with nothing. because you took it in a completely different way. We are veterans of this podcast. Now we're a full year
1: in. There's nothing you could do. That's going to, sort of shake my foundation on a friday
0: night we're at our best that's, that's right true that's, that's right. right moving along speaking of getting nervous how's that for a transition <laughs> i have a question for you Please. do you get nerves for the first preseason game no. no no you don't get nerves you don't get that weird butterfly feeling
1: that usually happens week one of the regular season um preseason and I was I was filling in this afternoon uh if you're listening afterwards this is Friday so it was on Friday afternoon filling in for Shope uh and we were talking about just like the first preseason game and and kind of like what it, what do Bill's fans do with preseason now there are no real battles there's you know maybe three or four battles and they're all at the bottom of the roster short of punter right so this isn't like hey is Robert Foster going to be a number one wide receiver this isn't hey, is Tyrod Taylor going to beat out Matt Castle? This is, you know, is Josh Thomas going to beat out Jaquan Johnson? This is, is Christian Benford going to beat out Cam Lewis? Um, you know, is Matt Ariza going to beat out Matt Hawk? So this, there, there isn't that sort of draw to this that there was when the Bills were bad, because frankly, a lot of people put stock in August football. Because they didn't really have meaningful December football, they certainly didn't have January football, Bruce. So now that we get meaningful December, January, hopefully February football, it's hard for me to get up for these games. Like I got, I got my cousin's wedding tomorrow, so I'll be missing the broadcast, like I, like Joe and I normally do. We've got our fill-ins this week, so it's a little, it's a little weird for me that a I feel no emotion, but b. I really would be fine if the league decided to abolish preseason altogether. I want to see zero plays from Josh Allen, Bruce, zero plays. I don't need to see it. I don't need to see Von Miller. I don't need to see Deion Dawkins. Uh, I don't need to see Roger Saffold as much as I'd like to see what he looks like in this. I don't need to see Ed Oliver. I don't need to see the linebackers. Who do I want to see, Bruce? I I want to see them get through a game without even a nick, a bruise. what a scrape. I want nothing. And, and like, to me, that's, if there's nerves, it goes along with, this is the, this has been one of the consistently healthiest teams in football. I don't want any of that to change that. If there's nerves about one thing, it's it's injuries, which I think is probably a lot of people's sentiment at this point.
0: That's exactly where I'm at. I still get, I still get nervous about preseason but not because it matters it's because the only possible takeaways are bad that's why the only big news that can come out of a preseason game is bad there is no big news that can come out of a preseason game that's good none at all oh well you know nate peterman had one of the greatest preseasons in the history of football jack It doesn't matter. So looking good is fine. It's whatever. I just go, hey, cool. He looked good. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the only real big news, the only real big news is bad. And it's injuries. It's Zach Wilson getting hurt. That's what it is. It's Drake London going down with a knee injury. That is what is coming out of preseason it's not anything monumental when you have when you're part of a fantasy league and you put waiver wire people in for preseason it's not because someone blew up it's because someone got hurt that's why so for me i still get nervous but i don't get nervous for that reason no but plenty of people still overreact to preseason it's part of the thing i mean People are going to overreact to preseason. It's just the way it is. It just, Someone's going to have. The way
1: it is. Yeah, it's
0: just the way. Malik Willis had the first tweet right after the game last night. Should Malik Willis start for the? Yeah. Malik will start for the Titans? No, no. Malik Willis should not start for the Titans. Right? No. He clearly needed a lot of work. But what happens is we throw out every bit of what we thought about a player going into the draft based on twelve passes in the first preseason game. Oh, well, man, you know, he's going to need to sit for at least a year. You know, we need to work on him. Oh my gosh. He threw 12 passes. Somebody put him (laughs) in right now. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. And so for me, when I look at preseason overreactions, it makes me feel like I'm on a diet and I'm not losing weight. Mm. Here's why. I don't know if you've ever been on a diet, Nate. I that have been. It's not working. And you go, hey, this isn't working. It's not working. It's not what it's not what I wanted to do. And you start throwing your hands up in the air and go, doesn't matter what I do. It's not working. And you get frustrated. Every time I see a tweet about Christian Wade, I die a little inside. Now, thankfully, he's not around anymore for me to have listened to it. But I had to watch Christian Wade tweets, real Christian Wade tweets over four years. Touches. Yeah. <laughs> I had to have, I had to devote entire segments of the podcast over four touches, Nate. And that's what it makes me feel. It makes me feel like I am taking crazy pills. <laughs> it makes me feel like nothing I do matters and that I'm not really making a difference in the world. Sometimes when you see all of the devastation and violence, and hate in this world, you think to yourself, can I can one person really make a difference? Can I, does it even matter? Do I just hang up my shoes and just go home? Right? Is that the way it works? That's the way I feel when I see preseason overreactions. I go, am I really making a dent in anything? Is any, are enough people Is listening to my listening podcast to, to make a difference? <laughs> right? I feel like Mugatu from Zoolander I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, that's the way I feel. It reminds me a little bit of, like, George Costanza
1: and Shrinkage, where he's
0: like, the pool was cold! It was cold in the pool! Women know about Shrinkage, right? Yeah, they do. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't know if they do, George. Anyway. (laughs) 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 Oh, preseason overreactions make me feel like I'm on a diet, and it doesn't work. Nate, how do preseason reactions make you feel? So... Uh, in a similar vein, it makes me feel like we
1: don't, we never learn our lesson, right? Like, we've been here before, we've gone to this place, Bruce. We know better. It's like going back to eat this food that you keep trying to prop up. For me, it's avocado. I like guacamole, avocado, the oils, the fatty oils do not sit well in my stomach. They give me a stomach ache. Same with my girlfriend. It's funny. We both have like the same issue with avocados we enjoy them but they upset my stomach every time i eat avocado i have an upset stomach and yet bruce sometimes it's like oh that guacamole looks damn good it's got like you know it's real chunky real green and you're just like oh those chips look great i'll just i'll have one you have one there's no eating one chip with guacamole bruce there's no such thing you go back for threes fours fives and by the time you know you've eaten 10 chips with guacamole and i'm back home sitting on my couch like oh why is my stomach hurt so bad it's like i never learn and just like people when they have takes about preseason games they say joe flacco's elite they say christian wade should play football they should bring him he should be on the active roster uh, that nate peterman should be the starter like all it's like we never learn bruce we we just there's something magical and something captivating about preseason football and i can't quite put my finger on it i don't know what it is it's a bad product it's future uh, insurance salesmen uh and for the most part people in the stands aren't even watching the game yet here we are on a friday night tuning into food for thought and what do you got in the background playing? you got preseason football that doesn't matter for some team you don't care about and that is the beauty of preseason. It's the beauty of the NFL, Bruce. The NFL has captivated the minds of everyone, even when games don't matter, Bruce. The NFL draft has turned into a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week news cycle. It doesn't matter because the second the draft's over, you see the next year's draft, you know, mock draft. Draft Network is around. Now, now we, can have, we can learn about draft prospects any time of the year. And the one thing that was always at least sacrilegious is everybody could agree that preseason was terrible. The league, Bruce, agrees preseason's terrible. They've reduced it. They've gotten rid of a game. And yet here we are talking about preseason like we didn't learn. Avocado,
0: people. I have a question for you about avocado. Sure. Do you cook with avocado oil? Um, we do when,
1: um, we want something that is really hot. Right. So I tend to find like avocado, uh, but it's, it cooks off Bruce. And I don't tend to have that same bellyache that I do when I'm just eating standard avocado. Um, but like a perfect example of when I would use avocado oil searing steak in a, a cast iron because it's got that higher flash point.
0: Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. Cause I use avocado oil to sear in the cast iron. Yep. And I thought to myself, I wonder if that would affect your stomach in We've a negative tested. way. It. We've tested it and
1: it does not, I, it must just because it cooks off or whatever it is. I just think it's the act of having the actual avocado in there. And, you know, that's just the way she goes sometimes. Okay. It's unfortunate because, we'll again, it's something I enjoy thoroughly, to be honest.
0: Yeah. yeah. Me too. Avocado
1: toast, mm, delicious a little smoked paprika.
0: We're actually no. going to go over avocado later. As a spoiler, we're gonna do it.
1: Did like I didn't know that, and now we're it was actually on the docket to talk about it.
0: Yeah, we're gonna talk this about this. Is like avocado. the
1: Frankenfurters episode,
0: it is like the Frankenfurters episode. Speaking of which, we literally just got a tweet to us, Nate Hey Food Twitter, settle a bet. This is from at PFT Commenter, the uh, the guy from Pardon My yep. Pick and Matt Hill at hell 167 on Twitter said. Hey, guys, you know, look at this. If you were to select the state that makes the best mac and cheese in the entire country, which would you pick? The four options he gave for the poll are Georgia, Mississippi, Kentucky, and New York City. And he has New York City as a state, which is upsetting. Funny. But yeah. who has the best mac and cheese? I have I have a take on this.
1: Okay, what is it?
0: I have had mac and cheese in multiple different states. Kentucky is the answer. Really Kentucky is the answer Pulling the lowest and I am going to, it is pulling the lowest and I am going to right now transition into a email that we got specifically about this. And that is that we got one from Jeremy and Jeremy said to us a while back, Have you or Nate ever had a particular dish in an establishment city or other location where you didn't expect it to be awesome, but it was, for instance, if someone ever said the best barbecue they ever had was in Kansas city, well, obviously that makes sense. But if they did say the best barbecue they ever had was in Provo, Utah, that would be surprising. Hmm. I personally have two examples. Jeremy says, number one, I enjoy shrimp and grits and had it multiple times in Southeastern United States, but it was the best in Harlem. The red rooster in Harlem last summer. I had it with a side of cornbread and it was amazing. Two, I really like Cajun food and crawfish etouffee. I've had a dish multiple times in the Southwest, Southeast, including New Orleans. But the best crawfish etouffee I ever had was in Spokane, Washington. I ate there five or six times before moving. I ordered the same dish every time because it was so good. I missed that place. How about you, Nate and Bruce? He also says the Reuben at Izzy's in Cincinnati is also surprisingly good. Okay. So, back to Kentucky. Those of you who have been listening to the show or listening to me for any meaningful amount of time, the answer of where I've had the best food is Louisville, Kentucky. Really? Louisville, Kentucky is either the southernmost northern city or the northernmost southern city depending on who you ask. And because of it, they have a very strange eclectic food scene in Louisville, Kentucky. The best Cajun i've ever had was in louisville kentucky Hmm. and i did not now it makes sense because if you if you get new orleans and you go up the river you end up in louisville that's where you end up okay Those, those two cities are connected by the mississippi river so it makes sense but you're so far north at that point you just don't assume that it would be the case right and it is It is the case. The best Cajun I've ever had was not in New Orleans, and I've had it in New Orleans, and it it was awesome. But shockingly enough, it was a little hole-in-the-wall place called Joe's Ok Bayou in Louisville, (laughs) Kentucky. It's a good name. It was so amazing. I don't even know if it's still open. I haven't been back in years and years and years. I'm going to look it up right now while you tell us. Do you have something like this? So I'll
1: say, well, to to answer the original question, which was best mac and cheese, I put Mississippi. The reason I've never had – I've never had – mac and cheese in mississippi but i tend to think people in the south the further south you go there is a particular point and cutoff at florida florida is a melting pot of transplants from other states when i talk about food bruce i try to exclude florida because they're unless we're talking cuban and we're talking like plantains or we're talking like guava and cheese um I try to leave Florida out and it's not because I have this disdain for Florida. I just think that it's such a melting pot of cultures that, and, and, and transplants from other places in the country that there, it's hard for me to find like, what's the one thing that is very uniquely Florida. There's there's like legitimate Buffalo chicken wings in Florida because people from Buffalo moved to Florida. Right? So for me, I keep Florida out of this and I've never been, I've never had mac and cheese in Georgia to know whether it's good, but I'm going to assume because of that Mississippi Bayou type that they're probably making the best Mac and cheese, the best barbecue, but to your point, Kentucky Louisville, but more importantly, like Louisville bourbon and bourbon with barbecue, Mm. barbecue, Mac and cheese. I can, I'm going to make that, that straight line connection that they're probably doing it pretty well there in Kentucky. I'm going to say something that, listen, I'm not, this is not to say I've never had a good meal in New York city. It's not true. I have, I've had great meals in New York. City. I have some of the best aged beef that I've ever had in New York city at Gallagher steakhouse go. One of the best places that I continue to go back to eat food from Bruce Toronto, Ontario.
0: Oh yeah. I, and
1: I know for the same reasons that I disqualified Florida, maybe you can disqualify Toronto because it is such a cultural melting pot of places, mm. but breakfast i mean you have some of the mo- like uh there's this place called fua fua if you're next time you're in toronto their pancakes are that thick and they're like the fluffiest pancakes you've ever had they're this thick Bruce i've never seen a bigger pancake and they don't make them in like a pan or something they are made on a flat top but the the consistency is so bubbly like it's almost like fluff and it sits in its own self it does not spread when you put it on the flat top Um, And then you flip it and then the middle cooks. I don't, Bruce, I don't know. I don't understand the science behind it. One of the best pancakes I've ever had. Super tasty. Um, There's also a restaurant, uh, a breakfast place in Toronto called School, S-K-O-O-L. One of my all time. Every time I go there, I get breakfast there. They have a, a jalapeno, sour cream jalapeno breakfast hash that's just Absolutely. The fresh, the the sour cream just makes it just taste so damn fresh. Um, And they have this apple fritter or apple crisp pancakes. Unbelievable, Bruce. But every time I go to Toronto, I have a fantastic meal. Um, However, it's hard for me to say, and you know what? This brings me to a quick story that I have to tell about Denver. Because when I was in Denver last year for the 4th of July, I wanted to know what is uniquely Denver right? Buffalo has wings. Uh, Texas has barbecue. Um, you know, whatever you could, what do you think the answer was, Bruce, when I said, what is uniquely Denver when I'm in Denver, I got to have blank. What do you think the people of Denver, Colorado said that was bison? No, but it's not far off. It's actually, (laughs) it, it comes from the bison. (laughs)
0: Wait, what? <laughs> what where are we going with this?
1: Um Rocky Mountain oysters.
0: Have you ever heard of them? I've heard of them. I've never had them. Do you know what they are? It's 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 specifically like a like a small little um pearl of meat, right? No. Okay. It's a bull Go ahead. Testicle. It's a bull testicle. Oh, it's a bull testicle. When you said that, (laughs) how about that? Oh, it's a bull testicle. Have you had a bull testicle?
1: Uh, no. Um, but let me.
0: Am I going to have to flag this for not being safe for children because I said the word testicle? I think I'm going to.
1: It's close, but it's just a weird. So, Rocky Mountain oysters or mountain oysters are meatballs, also known as prairie oysters in Canada, is a dish of bull testicle. The organs are often deep fried after being skinned, coated in flour, peppered, and salted and sometimes pounded flat. The delicacy is most often served as an appetizer. So the thing that bothers me, Bruce, about this is a don't have your delicacy. Be the last thing short of a brain that I want to eat of a, of a bull. Sure. Let's be honest. Right. And, and frankly, Bruce, we don't tend to eat bull, right? Like we eat the no. female cow. Correct. So, so, you're giving me a piece of meat that I'm not normally used to the flavor profile of a male cow, first and foremost. Secondly, again, short of the hoof, I'm not sure that I want to eat bull testicle. So I'm like a big full time out. I was like, you guys don't have like chicken wings or like steak? No, it's bull testicle deep fried. Here's my other problem with it. Why are you calling it an oyster? It's not served in a shell. No. I don't know. It's bad, Bruce. It was bad. It was a bad experience. And I thought to myself, Denver, Colorado is a, a unbelievable place. It's a very cool place to go. This, this is your man's like, this is, this is what you got to offer an out of towner. And that's, they, they were like excited. Oh, you got to go to the blankety blank down on route 54. Cause they got the best Rocky mountain oysters in town. And me and my girlfriend like, Oh, we could go for some oysters right now. I would absolutely. We get there and we look at the description, and I was like, honey, we are not Hmm. getting the oysters. We are not getting the oysters.
0: You felt tricked, bamboozled. I
1: felt bamboozled. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Somebody put one over on me.
0: Nate, I need to take a moment of silence.
1: I agreed. So, Bruce, next time you find yourself in the Midwest, Please avoid them at all costs.
0: Well, that's not the reason why. I just looked up Joe's OK by you, and they close closed one. in 2016. My hole-in-the-wall Cajun place I love so much in Louisville is not around anymore.
1: Here, Bruce. I got some paper towels here really quick. My
0: alligator po' boys, not a thing anymore.
1: Hold on. Here you go, Bruce. Here's what I do feel like I,
0: I feel like I need a minute.
1: Here's what I'm gonna do for you, buddy. I'm gonna. I feel like this out.
0: is gonna be really. uh Thank you. Pour one out. Thank you. I appreciate that. One for that's, my homies. One, one for my <laughs> jomies. <laughs> one for my jomies. Oh lordy. Oh, that's that's a problem. That's, that's a tough. A that's, a tough that's a tough break. That's a tough break. You found
1: out that Rocky Mountain oysters are bull testicles right before you found out your favorite Cajun mm-hmm. restaurant's closed. It has been closed for five years, by the way.
0: Six, closed in 2016. Yeah, well, I, we, we haven't been back in years and years and years. I I yeah, I did. I lived in Louisville a long time ago. So, okay, we're going to move along. And I'm going to just kind of try and just kind of make it through. Squidosaurus says, good afternoon, Bruce. I think I've listened to every Food for Thought episode. And I was wondering if you guys have discussed who has the best French fries out of all the food chains. Oh, this oh, might so be fast a hot take, but I think Burger King can be on top of the list. Because it isn't thin like McDonald's, and it doesn't get as soggy like Wendy's. Thanks for making my shifts go by faster. Go Bills. Now, we're he, gonna said, sure... he said Burger King, and it wasn't you he, that said Burger he King. He said right? Burger King. Okay. Oh, Lordy. Very important. Fast food, by definition, has a drive through Okay? This is the way we're using it. So fast, okay. casual, five guys does not count. Okay. Fair enough. I'm going Chick-fil-A. Waffle fry, larger surface area which okay. means the 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 amount of the amount of variance that you can get doesn't matter as much. There's a larger margin for error for cooking because it can be crispy, right? Or it can even actually be for it to be less crispy because you have a bigger surface area to accommodate for that texture differential. There's certain fries that if they're not crispy, you're toast. You're absolutely Wendy's fries are terrible. I've had them a bunch of times. I, I I they're terrible. I, I actively go out of my way to Wendy's? avoid Wendy's fries. I'll get a sandwich I don't like Wendy's period and chili. I'll get a sandwich and nuggets. I'll get a sandwich and something else but I, I cannot get on board with Wendy's Now Liam is the other side of the coin. Arby's curly fries I will say this Arby's crinkle fries are legit I have had them. People pass up on them because the curly fries are famous, but the crinkle fries are solid. But for me, I'm a waffle fry guy all the way through. Love me a waffle fry. So for me, it's Chick fil A. Nate, mm-hmm. it's a good choice. It's a good
1: choice. Uh, I'm going to disqualify the choice that I would have picked, which is Arby's standard curly fries, because I they they're not in the same category. Apples as the and I'm oranges. Correct. Um, So I'm going to disqualify where I would go with this. However, I completely and wholeheartedly agree with you about Wendy's. Something happened in the last five years to Wendy's. Because I used to believe Wendy's was the best of the best at everything. Fries, burgers, you know, the Frosties elite. Something has happened. Now, to the email's point, Burger King, they're old fries, might have been some of my favorites. They're new fries, too much potato. It's too big, it's not crispy enough. And it ends up being just almost soft. I do not like the texture of Burger King fries. I actively, in fact, anytime I go to Burger King, on God, you can ask my girlfriend, I only get onion rings. A, because they're the only fast food chain you can get onion rings at. I know you can get them at Arby's, but I'm not over. T- I'm not again my my favorite fry is the Arby curly fries. So I'm not gonna just Skip out on Arby's curly fries to go with their onion rings. BK's got a good onion ring. It's a good, solid onion ring. But fries, Bruce, it's a real, real toss-up for me.
0: Because, you know, you know. they did a they did a uh, marketing campaign a while back, years mm-hmm. and years ago, where they said Wendy's? they had America's favorite fries. This Buffalo, is uh, sorry, Burger King.
1: Burger King, okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, America's favorite fries. And I really wondered for a long time, as a guy who is someone who cares about nuance and cares about the specifics of wording, I wonder if they found a person named America and got them to sign an endorsement deal that wow. said that they were their favorite fries so that they could say America's favorite fries, because that's something that I would do if I was a marketing company, and I think it'd be a stroke of genius. Tell me what you think, Nate. Did I just blow your mind?
1: I may never be the same. Yeah, if that's what you're asking. Um, I, I I know people aren't going to like this, but when they're right, Bruce, there is nothing more addicting than a McDonald's fry. When they are fresh, they're not they're very good. When they're fresh, when, when they're when they're fresh and, and freshly salted, when you get a medium, right. mm, Bruce, I could I I could I could live with just having a, a medium fry, a large fry, and that be my dinner. In fact doing talking about this i might do that after my girlfriend's working tonight she's usually she's usually not working friday nights i'm kind of on my own for dinner i might go to mcdonald's get a large fry the problem is bruce like six out of ten end up being pretty disappointing
0: yeah you, you just gotta hope that it's yeah hope that it's good you almost want to the drive through it, it almost want to pull up the drive through and say hey um How fresh are your fries right now before I order them? Never want to be that guy, Bruce. Like I'm with you. I've never said that. I've never said that, but I always kind of want to. And I wonder if there's a way I can word it to pull it off.
1: And there's not there's never an easy way to ask a person, did you do your job well
0: today? Or are you a lazy bleep? That's that's what I want to ask, right? I think the key is to ask in passive voice. Okay. Don't, Don't you know it's a little bit like um did you salt the fries no 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 are the fries salted mm. if you use passive voice it could help you know what I mean so I don't want to ask I don't want to ask like hey did you make the fries fresh recently I'll say hey just out of curiosity how fresh are the fries right now like do do what do you think do, do I want them or not like and so, if you like play it cool play it casual I'll bet you they'll respond to you so,
1: Bruce, let me ask you this, because you're not a Buffalonian. You don't live here. And I think you can help me in this, which is I am in Buffalo, all of us here in Buffalo. We are sort of pigeonholed in the fast food that we have. We have the the big three, right? Uh, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's. We have no Jack in the Box. We have no Carl's Jr. Um, help me out. There's a couple more that I'm missing here. Um, Do you have a Hardee's? No, we don't have a Hardee's. Um, no Hardee's. Culver's? No Culver's.
0: No, that's tough. I know. That's what I'm saying. So, like. It's, you, you guys have a tough. I'm not going to lie.
1: I know. We just have the basic You guys have one. a rallies like, or we got, we a checkers. We got a Chick-fil-A three years ago, and it was, like, breaking news. We just got a second one. Breaking news. But, like, we really could use a Culver's. We really could. What's 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 the other? Oh, Zaxby's. I need a Zaxby's. Zaxby's Raising over. Cane's. Yes. We need those oh, I cane, don't get strong. why Bruce we have we st- Pizza Hut's are coming back to Buffalo which is absurd to me. But like they give us crappy pizza here even though this is a very good pizza town. They give us the Dominos that we I, I don't know that there's a there is a Papa John's. We get Pizza Hut but the diversity of which we have fast food is incredibly disappointing here in Buffalo.
0: Karen coming in hot. Sonic Ooh. tater tots with chili. Yes, Karen. Yes, if I was allowed to use that. So I haven't been to a Sonic in a long time. Um, there was a Sonic that was close enough for us to go to. And our experience was absolutely terrible. We haven't been there. But I, I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we had, I was introduced to Sonic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved Sonic. To this day, I love drive-ins. Because there's nothing I love more than eating food and not dealing with people. So for me all the way in on drive-ins 100 percent. my wife and i went to a local drive-in last weekend it was perfectly fine it wasn't sonic but it was it was it was was fine richard rush with the absolute galaxy brain take on food for thought on friday night says order your fries unsalted then you'll get them fresh and then you can salt them yourself nate you're wagging your finger why are you wagging your finger i get the concept and i like the idea but here's why it's flawed
1: they need to be salted when they still have the oil on the outside. When they are fresh out, they, the oil allows the salt to stick to it. Otherwise, you get them unsalted, you throw them in the thing. Yes, they're fresh. But by the time you get them home to salt it, maybe you ask for salt in a
0: drive-thru, right? And Or you just keep the salt with you and just sprinkle it on right there. Yeah, are,
1: we, are we psychos? Are, are we... Uh, yes. Yes, we are. Are, are we? We do a show, show on
0: Friday night called "Food for Thought," where we attempt to blend football and food together. Yes, we are psychos. That's a good point. I guess I hadn't really considered that. hundred percent, we're psychos. Mm-hmm. All right, moving along. All right, yeah, that's fair. Nathan Lewinsky doesn't have a question, but he wants to add something to our repertoire. We did buy and sell you and I when it came to preseason hype. Yep. He says you should add trade. So buying and selling is great. So buying, you see it happening and you like it. Sell it, you don't see it happening. Trade is you see it happening, but you wish it didn't. Okay. So it's almost a way to separate out predictive stuff from preferred stuff. Okay. Like within that. that own thing. So for example, for example, one of the things we talked about was James Cook being RB1 for this team, right? buying or selling i said selling you said buying yep. right if it, if it was something where you saw it could potentially happen but would prefer that it didn't you would say trade at that point i would trade right. that i give it i trade it for something else i think it's going to happen but i don't want it so that's something we can add to our repertoire i like that moving forward i kind of like it Andy says, trade. be right back. I'm grabbing my salt shaker and going through a drive-thru. Darn you know, straight. Let's go.
1: I really think Nathan must be must know something about how much you and I love trading.
0: I think he does. We love, we love trade. trading. We, we love, trading. love trading. We're trading. You might need to trade some more because Eli Mitchell has a bad hamstring injury. And then well, you yeah, know how those things can right, And I, I got Smodgy P. Ryan. Yeah, you got Samaji P. Ron, who now is not even the backup in Cincinnati. Good. He's the third stringer. Good. So good. Yeah. He's not, awesome.
1: by the way. He's injured. He's still listed as number two. <laughs> it's it's gonna, it's gonna be Evans. You, you and Evans, you you keep trying to convince me, and you know what? I'm not listening to you. Bruce. I
0: don't have a dog in the fight. I don't even have Chris Evans. I'm just telling you, Bruce it's gonna be, does this it's thing. Gonna Bruce be Chris Evans.
1: Everybody, Bruce is the biggest, he's the Bruce, outside of my beautiful and wonderful girlfriend. Bruce is the second sweetest person in my life. He is the most well-meaning person that I know. And he likes to unsolicited text me bad news, but sometimes good news about my fantasy people with no context. We haven't, we haven't spoken all day. It'll be 6 PM. I'm headed home from the office. I'm going home and I just get a, a tweet that's texted to me. I'm like, Ooh, what's this tweet that Bruce is texting me? And it's Elijah Mitchell hamstring gonna be out the entire preseason i'm like son of a, son of a bleep
0: bruce come on i you just like you. making sure people are aware of things remember remember what dell so i'm in the I'm, the I'm in the the playoff not the championship because oh, i played God, you in the championship yes. but the division
1: aggressive sweetheart you
0: against dell okay and right before the four o'clock games one of his starters james connor gets pulled out And so I quick send him the tweet and I go, dude, James Connors out. And he sends me a message back and says, I don't know if you're taunting me or if you're just trying to be a good person. I said, no, no, no. I don't want to beat you because you were busy and you missed the text. I want to beat you because my team is better than yours. I want one of the great Bruceisms is I want to win because I'm good, not because you suck. Right. So for me, absolutely. Well, meaning I am here for it. I am all the way here for it. Like, and I, I don't just do it to you. I do it to Joe Marino. I do it to Greg Thompson too. I'm like, hey guys, hey guys, you want to make sure. I just, I don't know if you caught this or not. One of your players is injured. <laughs> it's like, I was like, Bruce, what are you doing? I spent two hours on the couch on my, in my hotel room instead of the beach on vacation two years ago, because I was trying to help Nate find a free agent running back. Cause he had an injury.
1: An absolute
0: sweetheart. <laughs> Absolutely. People, people don't know that about me. Everyone assumes I'm oh, this 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 grumpy cantankerous old guy. And I am. I am those things. But deep down, correct. I'm actually a really nice guy. So Andy Ladowski says, Bruce, do you remember, Nate? Do you remember when he sent us condiments and said you had to pick what position they would be if they were positions on a football team? Yes, do you remember this? Yes. We got two more. I'm going to read them to you, and then I'm going to go first so you have time to kind of okay. Okay. think through them, okay? Salsa and guac. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have answers. Salsa is a guard. It's a foundationally safe mm-hmm. and underappreciated condiment. It's not because it's thick. <laughs> it's Okay. You know what? I was going there. I was going there. I also prefer them thick, which is there. I also prefer them a little spicy, right? A little violent. That's the way I prefer my salsa. So it's, it's a foundational piece. It's also something that if you have it, the second you open it, or if you have it seven hours later after it's been sitting on the counter, it's still good. It's still good. Just like a guard. Rookie guard can be good. Guard's been in the year for 14 seasons. He can still be good. Guac, on the other hand, is the opposite of that. Guacamole is the running back of condiments. Because there are arguments all the time about how necessary it is. There are arguments all the time about how good it actually is. Because there's plenty of very polarizing opinions out there about avocado. Which is, remember, I said we were going to talk about avocado again. You did say that. This was it. Also, it is very, very, very different. Fresh versus old. Very different. Oh, Oh, yeah. Very different. Very different. It expires quickly, like running backs do. It expires fast. Yeah. If you get it fresh, you better eat that whole thing right Quick. there. You better yep. burn out the entire rookie contract on that running back because I don't want to re-sign him to a big deal. Don't re-sign running backs to big deals. So in that way, Salsa is a guard hmm. and Guac is a running back. Nate, what you got? How am I supposed How am I supposed to beat that Guac saying? I don't. Maybe you can't. And if you can't, I, no, that's I, okay I, I too. Can't. I can't. Okay, you can't. We'll move on. It's completely fine. Because but I'd like I'd like to find something like I want to I want to connect salsa and punters. You want to connect salsa and punters? You just you just feel like that would be good. I don't I don't quite know. I got why nothing, yet. dude. I'm trying to connect them and I got nothing. My my brain is not working. It's been a long week.
1: Yeah, I I got nothing. I honestly like especially the guac one, dude. That was. The expiration and running backs, I mean, that's as
0: good as it gets, bud. I just got an email from Jeremy and says, moving forward, we need to address him as Special Agent Gugino of the FBI. (laughs) 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 Oh, nice try, FBI. We are going to close this evening's show by having a good time. But before we close, another reminder that this show is brought to you by Genesee Brewery. We have not had somebody on the Genesee Brewery hotline. But if we did, that hotline would be brought to you by, you guessed it, the Genesee Brewing Company. Look for Pineapple Kolsch in stores and at bars and restaurants today. Genesee beer brewed for generations. I feel like I'm a loser, Nate, because I still haven't had Pineapple Kolsch. So um, if I Venmo you some money, will you
1: ship me some? Yes. And the reason I'm going to do that is because we also have a listener, Dan who reached out to me on Twitter and says he's an avid listener, uh, loves the show. And the only thing that has bothered him about our show is our, not ours, because I don't besmirch mustard, but you besmirch mustard. I do. Uh, it, is not, it is not a condiment of your choice. You're not a, a big not. mustard fan. Not, no, not straight yellow mustard. Okay. So Dan and his family, uh, and funny enough, they're Nunday Mustard here uh, just uh, south of Buffalo, where my girlfriend is from, which is like near Geneseo, uh, but she lives in Mount Morris. And Nunday is the town that borders Mount Morris. He uh, is in town for the preseason game tomorrow and has uh, so delightfully dropped off three giant boxes of, I believe, all 10 of the styles of mustard that he makes. And I just want to run through these quickly with you. Wow. Uh, I'm going to send you some of these as well. But uh, let's see. Jalapeno, habanero. Garlic, Cajun onion. Oh. Hang tight. Honey. Honey. Oh, honey bee. Okay, so honey. Uh honey mustard. Give me some honey uh, mustard. I want some of that. Horseradish with caraway. Uh cracked peppercorn. Smoky maple. Let me get through the last one. Tangy. Okay, that looks like it. That that, that that's all of them. And then he also has some ketchups as well. Uh, two types of ketchups, and a, and a Cajun rub. So uh, I will throw some in this box of beer for you, and I will send it off to you.
0: Dude, absolutely. Uh, let me know what I need to Venmo you, and I'll Venmo you. Um. So, winners and losers. Yes. Winners and losers. My winner for this week, Isaiah Pacheco. Ooh, yes. So, every year, there is one player. Who the preseason hype actually becomes real for? James Robinson, Eli Mitchell, is Isaiah Pacheco that player? If ever it was going to happen, it's going to happen with the Chiefs' backfield. Yes, that's right. Now, I'm still I, I'm still hashtag cehscn like that. That's the way I am because I truly believe that Clyde Edwards-Helaire having a very, very serious illness and having his weight drop all the way down to 160 pounds last offseason is a very reasonable <laughs> Yeah, it's a very that's reasonable good. factor in why he may have struggled last year. Um I don't want to make excuses, but that's you know, that's pretty significant. Fair my a brother, my brother had a, a very, very, very significant illness where he was hospitalized for weeks. And it was a year before he was right again. Wow! And he's not a professional athlete, right? So I mean, it was it was it was real, real bad. And so I think that Isaiah Pacheco is the big winner, but not necessarily because I think he's going to be RB one for the Chiefs. Because that's not what I'm saying. But he's already the starting kicker turner, which means he's going to make the team. And if you make the team, then you've got a shot. You know, you have a shot. So he's going to make the team and he's getting a ton of hype around him. And what if he's, what if he's Darrell Williams? What if that's who he is? That's still great. Seventh round pick rookie for the Kansas city freaking chiefs. who are going to be a good team this year. That's still a gigantic W. So I'm not saying he's a W because he's going to be the dude. That's all I'm saying. I don't know that for sure. I would highly doubt it because most of the time this stuff ends up being Darwin Thompson. It doesn't end up being Elijah Mitchell, right? But it's still a gigantic W. It's still the bigger biggest winner of the week. Nate, who's your biggest winner this week? San Francisco 49ers. Because they can trade Jimmy now?
1: The asking not only can they trade Jimmy now, but now there will be a competition for Jimmy Garoppolo. We know that no league suspension has come down for Deshaun Watson yet. There's being floated that he might try to settle for eight games and five million dollars. I think the league's gonna hold out and go for the whole season, in which case the Browns aren't going to be able to wait now they're not going to be able to do the wait and see approach, which is, well, let's wait till this decision comes down. And if it does happen to, you know, be a full season, then we'll trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, now a second team. Now the New York jets has entered the situation has entered the chat right now. They're going to be interested in acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo, which by the way, might make them a more competitive football team. That's a nice little team The way the rookie quarterback, did you didn't know what you have or a second year quarterback, Jimmy G's probably better than Zach Wilson
0: at this point in his career. Um, Oh, yeah. Has that familiarity with with Salah? If you're a big fan of Corey Davis or you're a big fan of CJ Azoma or Tyler Conklin or Elijah Moore or Garrett Wilson, you know I'm an Elijah Moore stand. We've talked about this before. I I also have him in Dynasty, but I'm a huge Elijah Moore guy. I I was huge on him before he came out. If they got Jimmy Garoppolo that might be a stock up there. I think every single
1: one of their stocks are up.
0: Who was a markedly better player when Zach Wilson wasn't on the
1: field last year. Do you know who I think maybe we're talking about all these guys stock up? You know, who might have the most stock up out of that whole situation? Who? going to sound crazy? Michael Carter. Pass catching back. Pass catching back. I would almost. That's That's not bad. A lot like Carson Wentz. Zach Wilson did not check the ball under his running backs.
0: You know who will? Jimmy Garoppolo will. Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not bad. I don't hate that at all. Because All right. right biggest let's, loser. Let's
1: oh yeah, okay. I'm good. We'll move on from that. We, I could talk about Michael Carter all day. Um,
0: biggest loser. I'll let you go first. Okay. Biggest loser. I mean, it's Zach Wilson. We're, we're we're getting we're getting reports now that looks like he did tear his ACL. It's not confirmed, but. Uh, Leisure Duzable on Twitter was like, hey, I, I think I I think he he tore his ACL. And Zach Wilson was objectively one of the worst quarterbacks in football last year. But he was a rookie. So every time someone says, Yeah, but he was a rookie, it gives them a little bit of hope for the future. Hmm. If he tore his ACL this year, you are hoping for a third year jump at that point from someone who didn't take a second year move. You're hoping for a third year jump where the last time you saw this person play, they were a rookie and they were terrible. That's, I mean, Josh Allen taking the third year jump he did is extremely improbable. Zach Wilson doing it next year. If he tore his ACL and he's out this year has never been done before by anyone. It's not improbable. It's never happened ever. And so if that's the case, if that's the case, it's meaningful. It is a hundred percent meaningful. So for me, biggest L Zach Wilson, because it's not just about this year, it's about the trajectory of his entire yeah. career. It's about, and I don't mean to be hyperbolic, it's about the trajectory of his entire life. That's how significant it is. And I feel bad. I feel horrible for kids like that who have situations like that pop up because the entire trajectory of his entire career, the thing he grew up wanting to do the thing he thought he was so excited to do when he got, got a chance to walk across that stage in the NFL draft, it's hanging by a thread right now. Yep. And all because he cut with his leg and his knee gave out. And that's just biggest loser, man. What you got? That's tough. tough.
1: Um, Biggest loser for me. Damon Harris, New England in general, but Damon Harris. So there are a lot of talk that the new England Patriots might be interested in moving Damon Harris. They drafted two running backs after drafting one last year in Ramondre Stevenson, who they like a lot. They want to see him get more time. James White just retired, but they've got Pierre strong. I can't remember the guy that they got in the fifth round last year or this, this, this past draft, but Kevin Harris, what's it? Kevin Harris, Kevin Harris. Um, I think there's a good chance he ends up getting moved. And if he doesn't get moved, he's going to be part of a, And isn't it funny how in vogue, like how in and out quickly these running backs in New England can be, how, how in mm-hmm. favor and then out of favor they can be. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when, when Damon Harris was drafted, all the talk was, Oh my God, this Alabama running back that nobody really thought about during the draft. He's going to be the next big one. He finally year two kind of has given that backfield to given the bell cow role year three, they they draft Stevenson, and then now year four, it looks like in a, in a contract year, just like Devin Singletary, could he be on the outs? And frankly, I think he should want that because he's going to be running behind one of the worst offensive lines in of football.
0: Strong. Strong. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We've done it. We did the thing. The thing has been done. It's exactly 10 o'clock on Friday night, Eastern time. Nathaniel, I might run up, get in the car, and go to McDonald's and ask for unsalted fries. You never know. I might do it. I guarantee Mrs. Nolan will be down. I think I might, too. I think I might, too. If I do, I'll take a picture. I'm not sure if I'm going to, but I I can almost guarantee you that that that's something that she would be down for if I said I was interested. We are on a diet, so probably not. But Mm. maybe if I go to the gym and work out again tomorrow morning, maybe I can get away with it. We'll see. Or maybe I'll just have a cookie. I'm not shot shore. Well, either one, I don't think I, you'll lose. I never lose. When you're married that's, to Mrs. Nolan, that's there I, is no L. There is no L for me ever. Just joking. I wake up every day with a W, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope it didn't leave you in a spot where your stomach is rumbling and you got to run to McDonald's and ask for unsalted fries and salt them yourself. But we are going to do that. But we are going to do that. And most importantly, I hope you didn't leave hungry.